This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, guys. This is Alana. You're listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm here with Jamie Hampton, and we're really glad you joined us today. Let's open up our episode with a word of prayer. God, we just thank you for bringing us together again to have a discussion. Um, I just pray that you would help us to talk about this topic of using our imaginations in our prayer lives to inspire our women to just deepen their prayer lives and to excite them about just kind of a new and different way of looking at prayer. Um, we just thank you for this time. Just be glorified in, in our conversation and in, in the directions that it takes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our verse of the day today is from 1 Corinthians 2.9. This is from the NIV. It says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And I think that's a good segue into our talk about, um, I guess we didn't properly name the topic of our podcast That was my episode. bad. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Spoilers. I I alluded to it in the prayer. Do you see how I slipped it in? We're going to be talking smooth. about imagination and just the role of imagination in prayer. Um, and this verse, really, Alana chose this verse, and it's um, really a neat picture of there is no way for us to totally understand the things that God has prepared for us. We need imagination mm -hmm. to kind of imagine what heaven would be like. And there's a lot of that imagery in the Bible, I think. And, you know, there's just, I think, a lot of room for God to use our creativity in a way mm -hmm. that will spur our prayer lives on. I think sometimes creative people might get tripped up in their prayer lives because of the rigid nature, I think. It that might feel, yeah. Yeah, kind of expectations, like prayer in a box. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to sit down. You have to fold your to hands. You yeah. have to do it a certain way. And so I yeah. think talking about this topic, I think, will open doors for a lot of us that might not fit the typical prayer in a box mold. Yeah, I'm so excited about this topic. Before we yeah. dive in, let's do our Just for Fun. Oh, and you know what we should do before the Just for Fun? We're starting a new batch. We haven't done a recording batch in a little bit. So do you have any just updates on life? What's going on with you? Anything cool you want to share? Yeah. So we're entering into the next phase of our house repairs. So Yay. our we for a while had a big trench around our house and the kids are a little disappointed it's gone. They were working on the foundation. <laughs> but yeah, we had this like, I mean, you know, it was minus 10 for most of the, in the negative oh, digits yeah. for the most of the time these guys were working on it. So we couldn't have had water and sharks like the kids would have liked in That's the moat true. around the house. But we were walking the plank like they, we had this plank of plywood <laughs> that we were walking across every day to get back and forth from our garage to the driveway to our cars, which was the only way in or out of the house. A couple of times we used a ladder to get up to oh the my front goodness. door. That sounds like a fire hazard for sure. It, it really does. <laughs> Don't tell fire department. Yeah, we won't. Yeah. But anyway, huge great news is that they have finished the foundation repairs. They've backfilled 
and we are kind of moving into stage two, which is getting our interior repaired, which, you know, and our roof and some other things. So that's exciting. That's huge. And we kind of, a couple of times have had these mini celebrations of like, Mm -hmm. you know, toasting (laughs) the whole family toasting to this new milestone and really just thanking God. Yeah. For bringing us here. That's really cool. We had a fun night just last night. So our oldest just turned 14 and last night before bed, we pulled up all the baby pictures for all three kids and we're just going through, they were so just itty and squishy and it was fun. We, we laughed a lot. It was really fun looking through those. That is really cool. And you know what, in this day and age of electronic, you know, digital images, we don't just pull out the photo albums anymore. Mm -hmm. Some people do, Mm -hmm. some people are good about that, but like, we don't like, I have a box with a bunch of pictures, but I don't have a lot of baby pictures because most of mine are digital. So I need to be better exactly. about printing them out and getting them in. Or a even way backing them up. Like most of our, oh, our yeah. oldest pictures, like they're just lost somewhere because we, we got our very first digital camera when I was pregnant with him. Yeah. And so we took a million pictures and, you know, it wasn't like there was cloud backup at that time. And so you've got most- a bunch of SD cards lying around? No, they're lost. I mean, you know, we had computers crash. And so basically what we have are the ones that my husband uploaded to Facebook, you know, at some stage. That's a huge benefit to Facebook. Oh yeah. It's for sure better than nothing. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Oh, um, but you have a new, did you, have you talked about coffee yet? No, we got a new puppy. You might hear scratching at my office door or a little yipping. So yes, we have Kitty, who is our three-year-old mutt, and we have Coffee, who's now about, oh, 10 weeks old, and she's a Springer Spaniel. Very, very cute. She's very pretty. And yes, so that's been really fun. Okay, I have Um, to ask you. So we are really, we've got puppy fever. As if on cue, she heard her name. I thought she heard her name. (laughs) She's very smart. We have puppy fever and we really want our kids to grow up with a dog and we mm-hmm. um, don't have one and our oldest is going to be 14. So at 10 weeks and after having her for a little while, should we do it? Or are you like, don't do it? Like, what do you no, say? No, you should do it for hard, sure. But it's hard. You know, like, I don't think everybody needs to go out and get a puppy. You right. know, I think that... <laughs> There are annoying parts about the puppy, but it's also fun because, you know, the bonding's fun and cute, but a dog for sure, a puppy, I would say it could go either way. I don't regret it, you know, and you've got hardwood floors most everywhere, which is nice. You know, know. we're shampooing the carpet a decent amount still. Yes. Yes. All right. I can only imagine though, like if you have a puppy and we have a puppy and like, that's all that people hear on the podcast is our dog squealing. At the, I was thinking about that dueling doors. puppies. Yeah. I'm going to have to get a puppy au pair. I know. Cause I don't have the kids at home. So, you know, other than in the summer, so you've got, you know, your kids will do stuff while you're doing, you know, but I, mm-hmm, on a regular mm-hmm. basis, it's just me. So I could see the puppy getting upset with that. And I could see, you know, I could see you, there were times it's different now because like our oldest is about to turn 10 and, you know, getting responsible about things. And so I'm, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm not doing a ton of the work work. I mean, right. I guess I am, but about half of it, you know, I could always say, Hey, clean up that mess or yeah. Hey, you know, take the dog out. 
it was all me for like nine hours a day while the kids were at school. And I also wasn't excited about a puppy. I would probably get a little bit grumbly. But if you're just as excited about the puppy. And I am. Like, I'm kind of one of the driving forces. And the puppy's going to bond to you. I think it's totally fine. Yeah. All right. Well, stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. <laughs> just for fun. Do you remember your dreams and what's your strangest or most vivid? Yeah. And I know the answer for you that you remember your dreams. I remember a lot of my dreams also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would say the strangest, most vivid dream that I had, I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast or not, but so I was um, in the dream. I was doing something like I was on a bus with my husband. The kids weren't in the dream or a thought. I don't know what the deal was there because normally I dream about my mm -hmm. kids, but mm -hmm. my husband and I were on a bus and I heard this rushing sound, like this really like loud rushing sound. And I looked out the window of the bus and there was this like huge storm, like bigger than anything I'd ever seen. Mm. And somehow I knew that it was the end of the world. <laughs> and That's scary. And I knew that the rapture was happening. See, so theology wise, I don't know how it all puts together, but mm -hmm. the bottom line was I knew that this was it. And my wow. first thought was like, do I really believe? Because this shocks me that this is happening. Did I ever wow. really believe it was going to happen? Did I ever really mm. believe in Jesus? And I was so nervous. And I even wrote like kind of a poem about it later wow. because I was so disturbed by it. It was, yeah. um, and, but in, as I like worked out my thoughts, mm -hmm. The, there was this idea that my flesh and my brain were processing, like, did I believe, did I believe? But the whole time my spirit was like mm. rushing forward to meet Jesus. So Aww. it was like, I think in the whole thing, like I knew that despite my human, but anyway, I, I won't go into all of that, but despite my human questioning or my, my human mm -hmm. doubts that that I was face to face with at that moment, my spirit knew Jesus and I was, I was wow. going to meet him. So um, I woke up. And I thought it was real. I actually, oh my goodness, I, or that it was coming. I thought that it was, wow. like, I thought this, this was so real. Like this is going to happen. Yeah. I actually checked the news on my phone to see if oh, there had been wow. any like weird Something events major, or yeah. cataclysmic stuff. It was very strange. And I, it's, oh. it still like sticks with me and makes me that feeling that I had of how real it was hmm. almost a gift, you know, because it's almost yeah. like, I, I do believe that that could happen. And, mm -hmm. but you know, even in the times that I wonder around theological questions mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I'm, right. Anyway, it was, it's a good it was, thing we're not doing an end times theology podcast, isn't it? I know. Cause that's so tangly, <laughs> but yeah, the bottom line is Yay. God is real. Jesus is real. He's coming back. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up referencing this more than once, but we have an episode on like prayer and dreams and just God speak to you in dreams. So if you find our discussion today about praying with our imagination, interesting, I bet you'll enjoy that one too. You know, and sometimes it's a dream and sometimes it's from God and sometimes it's from our subconscious. And sometimes I think it's God using our subconscious. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know me. I've got bizarre dreams every single day of the week. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of something that A, I haven't shared on the podcast before and B, like fits the mold. So I had a funny one a couple nights ago. I had a dream that my husband, who in the real world has no aspirations to do anything remotely like this, but he got like a, a, a pilot license and a private airplane and was like flying around in his airplane. 
And my thing with it is you need to call our life insurance group to make sure that if you crash and die, that I still get insurance money. <laughs> like, I'm having this whole conversation with him. I'm like, I don't want you to die and then not get the money. Like it wasn't even, this isn't safe. You shouldn't be up in the air. Right? <laughs> so oh I don't know. Maybe gosh. that reveals that I'm a terrible, greedy person. I don't think so. I don't think it does. <laughs> I don't think it does at all. Well, and I just looked this up while you were talking. I was still listening. Uh -huh. I can multitask, right? Ah, nice. But uh, ep it's episode 36. If you're looking okay. it's about, you know, does God still talk to us through dreams? That's episode mm -hmm, 36 mm -hmm. on the podcast. If anybody wants to revisit that. Yeah. But no, I've got just such bizarre dreams. Usually my scary dreams have something to do with fish. You'll be proud of me though. I am, whenever I go to the pet store, which is now a couple times a month, since yeah. we're crickets for our lizards, I right? walk by the fish tank and I still get uneasy, but I do it. And it's really funny because when I'm done, like my body knows I'm done. Yeah. So the one store we normally go to, they were out of crickets. So we had to go to a different pet store and their fish area was actually in a separate room. Mm -hmm. as opposed to the other one it's just a wall you walk by and so we went into this room and I I probably only lasted about 10 seconds and I was like I am ready to be gone and and what did it for me is a worker came in with a broom mm -hmm. and I'm just like trying to picture what horrible thing like would be on the floor that I almost stepped in that he'd have to be you know like sweeping up and so I'm like okay I'm out of here yeah like <laughs> an I'm doing fish it or something yeah, like I don't even want to think about it, but you know, it, it actually feels kind of good to be doing it. Like the kids know that I get scared, and so I think it's good for them to see, like, okay, mom's scared and she has a really weird fear, but she's like working on it. No, so. that's really good. I did something similar when I yeah. was in college. I'm I'm kind of I'm afraid of spiders, uh -huh. and it's been at different levels at different parts of my life. But I just yeah, spiders are not my thing, and so. I was wearing work gloves. I think it was like on a Habitat for Humanity trip or something. And I was mm -hmm. wearing work gloves and I, in Virginia or North Carolina or something and saw a really big wood spider. And, mm. and I actually let it crawl on the work glove because mm -hmm. it wasn't mm -hmm. touching my hand. Yeah. Right. And that seemed okay. It was still crept me out quite a bit. And yeah. I, you know, yeah. but, but, you know, I think we can work toward you mm -hmm. know, facing our fears. <laughs> Yeah. And then like, like for me, like when I knew I was done, I was done and there was no need to push it beyond that. You know, mm -hmm. so I think for me, some of it is like, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's yeah. just learning to get a little bit better, which we talk about with prayer all the time. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like you're going to wake up today and say, I'm going to get better at prayer and decide to pray for 10 hours, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, it's just, you know, you can work up to these things. So. Yeah. Anyway, we are talking about what are we talking about? Praying with our imaginations. Yeah. Yeah. The role of imagination in enhancing our prayer lives. Okay. So one thing that I remember is a book where it talked about, he called it the sanctified imagination. And it was this idea that, um, you know, like, I think in this case, it was about reading the Bible imaginatively, like connecting with scripture. So like, let's say you're reading the story of the woman at the well. And instead of just reading the story, you know, you, you ask yourself, like, imagine yourself, like, what would it feel like to be this woman or to be watching the scene or, you know, like picture yourself as one of the little kids climbing up to Jesus so he can bless you, you know, just mm -hmm. sometimes imagining those things I think can help us engage with scripture better. And, you know, it's not that we're 
it's not magical or mystical. It's not like if I imagine that the woman at the well had black hair, but really she had brown hair that, you know, I'm wrong or I've overstepped, you know, like there's creative license to be like, right. who cares, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that we're getting like direct revelation from God about how it exactly happened or anything. I just feel like when we kind of engage our imaginations with scripture, we, we see it in a different way. And I think that we can extrapolate that into a lot of the things we pray for. No, I think that's great. Um, when my oldest was homeschooled, we would go to, like, I would work with him. He was writing a book and he had this idea for this Mm -hmm. book series about kids that like gets, it's like, basically it ended up being like the magic Treehouse series, only Christian because the kids get like sucked into this Bible and they experience all these different things. That is so fun. I know. I really want it to turn into a real series because he did a great job with it. But after he finished homeschooling, we had actually been going to like a a writing lesson once a week and he would work mm-hmm. on that book and he never finished it. And I, it could have been a series, you know, and so he might wow. get back to it. Anyway, it was really fun. But what he did and what she kind of coached him to do was exactly what you're saying. He would take mm-hmm. a Bible story. So like the feeding of the 5,000 was in mm-hmm. the book. And so she's like, what were the smells that you would be smelling? Close your fish. eyes and picture. <laughs> I yeah. smell fish. Salt water fish. <laughs> What's going uh-huh. on in the, you know, village set up near yeah, the water, yeah. you know? Hmm. So it was very cool. And um, for me to go through it because it enhanced my understanding of the story yeah. too. And like she had him, um, I don't know, do research on the different, like when the disciples were walking on a specific journey, like where would they have been walking? Whose home was in this area? Where yeah. would the, what would the landscape be like? And I loved that. And he, um, and so it was very similar to like when I watch a movie about, um, like what is one of my favorite, my favorite movie, the nativity story. I love that. Mm-hmm. To watch that at Christmas because it humanizes the characters and it mm-hmm. brings to life a story that we've heard so many times right. told in like a very distant way. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes, it sort of sparks creativity, even though it's someone oh, else's sure. imagination, we yeah. can look at that. And then st- it just kind of gets the juices flowing. Like well, mm-hmm. what would that have been like, and how yeah. would she have understood that? But I think it makes, um, the Bible more real, but mm-hmm, it also, mm-hmm. when it comes to prayer and praying for people, we can do that very same thing with our prayers. For- yeah. So like when I pray for a person, sometimes what I like to do to just sort of get beyond, you know, like we've talked about how to get out of your prayer ruts, you know, when it just feels like you're doing a routine over and over. I like to picture who I'm praying for, Mm -hmm. Like, especially in our prayers for the unsaved, you know, like imagining what their life will be like once they are saved, imagining them not only being saved, but telling others and spreading the gospel themselves. And, you know, that just enthusiasm. And I picture that and that kind of, I feel like it gives momentum to my prayers. Mm -hmm. I don't think, again, that it's necessarily going to turn out exactly the way I think about it. I'm not conjuring things up, but I I do think it helps us to engage emotionally with our prayers and to just maybe pray more passionately. I think so too. And, you know, especially if you're not, it's not like you're saying, this is a promise 
that exactly. this is what's right. going to happen or this mm-hmm. is what it's going to look like, but it's, these mm-hmm. are the possibilities I can pray that in, you know, into their lives and pray that over Mm -hmm. them. And -hmm. I think the same is true on the flip side, just praying. If you're praying for a person and you kind of get stuck, like, okay, I feel like I need to pray for Jane, but okay, God, please bless Jane. I know. uh, Where do you go beyond that? (laughs) Where do you go? So you can sit there and picture, well, what is she doing? What does her day look like? Well, I know mm-hmm. she has kids, mm-hmm. so she probably has some of the same struggles I do. I know she has right. a job. So what are mm-hmm. some challenges there? I know that she just started a new church, you know, I mean, you can yeah. really start to piece together and imagine what that person is doing on a day-to-day basis so that you can mm-hmm. become more specific and more multifaceted in your prayers for them. For sure. Sometimes I ask myself, like, how would I want someone to pray for me? You know, like if someone was going to pray for me really thoroughly, Mm -hmm. what would I want them to pray? And then I kind of go through those things for the other person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think too, I've done it before, like for physical healing. And I know we've got some episodes on those as well. And I know that it can be a charged topic. You know, we are told to pray for those who need healing. And yet sometimes we pray for people who don't get healed. But when I will, you know, like, I think there's a place for just God, please help Jamie to be in good health. I think there's absolutely a place for that and that it is powerful and effective. But for times when I really want to go beyond that, sometimes what I'll do, um, I have a couple just sort of, I don't know what you'd call them, like imagination exercises, I guess. So did you include any of these in your um, mindful Christian prayers? I haven't done a prayer for healing yet, but we do talk some about like praying with imagination. So if you, if you haven't seen it yet, the mindful Christian prayer podcast is a new show where it's just like 10 minute guided prayer routine. So like there's one where you're praying through your house, but even if you're not like in that room, it's like, imagine your living room, imagine Mm -hmm. the people who are normally here, pray for them. So yeah, that definitely helps. But, um, you know, like, so prayers for healing, one thing that I sometimes do I tend to do this like at night. So imagine I'm lying down in bed at night and I'm praying for your physical health. So what I'll do is I'll like think about my own head and I'll pray for, you know, okay, here's my brain. So I'm praying for your brain. Here's my eyes. I'm praying for your eyes. And I just kind of go down. You know what I mean? So like, and I get to the chest and there's a heart, which, you know, I pray for you to have a healthy heart. And then I pray for you symbolically to have, you know, love and, you know, and and just keep going down. Like I get to, to picturing my feet. So I'm like, please guide Jamie along the path. She should go things like that. Um, And then another one that I, this one, I feel like I don't do nearly as much because this is one that I only like to do if I really feel prompted I think this is something that maybe could be exploited if you're not doing it with discernment, Mm -hmm. but for somebody who is like critically sick or something, and if I feel truly led to pray thoroughly for their healing, like I'll picture some of the stories in the Bible of Jesus's healing and I will picture that person, you know? So Mm -hmm. let's say that uncle Greg has terminal cancer and I'm, I'm praying for him and I feel led to pray for healing. So I'll picture, you know, I'll picture myself as one of the men carrying the paralytic friend on a mat and lowering uncle Greg, you know, in front of Jesus. And I'll 
picture the compassion that Jesus has for Uncle Greg, and I'll picture Uncle Greg's face when Jesus says, get up and walk. You know, and like I said, like, I feel it can be super, super powerful, but that's also when, like I said, I, I don't, that's not my go-to because I don't, I don't think that healing is something that we can claim in every single situation because obviously there are people who die of illness, um, you know, or like Paul's thorn in the flesh. We, we don't know. Well, no, that's not what killed him because he was executed, but he still suffered. He was still afflicted with it, mm-hmm. you know, presumably until he was executed. So I don't know. It's, it's one though, that if you, if you do feel led, I think can be really, really powerful. Yeah. And I mean, if nothing more, it can help you focus and engage more than if you mm-hmm, just said, mm-hmm. oh, I pray for so-and-so's healing. Like it right. just, it gives you something to ground mm-hmm, your prayers. Mm-hmm. And, sure. you know, I remember one time, the one time that this really helped was when I just felt burdened to pray for the refugees when, you know, we were hearing yeah. a lot about the Islamic state displacing so many people. And I just thought, how do I even pray for these people? There's so many of them. And, and the thought, mm-hmm. well, my prayers won't even make a difference, you know, the, right. because there's just so many. And I just felt like I just wanted so badly to pray for these people. And I closed my eyes and I'm like, what, what might these people be doing right now? What might mm-hmm. yeah. their life look like right at this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I just actually pictured what it might be like for them at that moment. I didn't know what time of day it was, but you no, know, I get it. Them yeah. standing there and what their needs might be, what they might be feeling. Mm-hmm. And it really mm-hmm. did connect me. And I felt like that was sure. a really divine moment in my prayer life where I just felt like God helped me using my imagination to really right. connect and pray better and more thoroughly for people. Yeah. Sometimes I'll, use, I guess you could call it like a prayer avatar. And so for example, like before Jamie and I record, we pray for those of you who are listening. And instead of just a blanket, please help our listeners. Like we pray for a woman named Mary, who, if you're named Mary, hi. Extra (laughs) lucky. (laughs) If you're not named Mary, we totally get, we're still praying for you, but having like one person to focus on. So like given your refugee example, you know, like picturing one refugee for mm-hmm. me, like it's often going to be a little kid cause that's going to get me even more emotionally engaged, you know? Yeah. So I, I pray for the individual who's mm-hmm. in, in my head, but I recognize that that individual is just giving a face to the entire group that I'm praying for. Right. And I think, you know, for me, it was a mother with children, alone because to me that was I think the image that just struck me was yeah yeah anyway but yeah and you can relate you know like yeah like we talked about before how would I want someone to pray for me like we could all relate to that fear of being stranded with our kids and not able to help them and just how how desperate you would feel yeah yeah well and then for Mary when we pray for her it's like you know we don't want to just say God bless all the listeners or all of those that Mm-hmm. come across praying Christian women. We want to yeah. pray for you, that one person that's listening right now. Yeah. And so you're Mary to us and God knows your real mm-hmm. name, but mm-hmm. it's like, right. We're praying for you right now. And I love that. I think that's a great, great way to go about mm-hmm. it. You know, there were some times, and maybe we've even had this discussion on the podcast. So for example, like you hear about 
a Christian prisoner. So like um, Aiza Bibi, do you remember her story from Pakistan? This was a couple years ago, but she was a mom who was charged with blasphemy in prison. Mm -hmm. She was on, like her story made all the international secular news headlines Mm -hmm. and Christians were praying for her like crazy. And yet she's one of hundreds of thousands or at least tens of thousands of Christians imprisoned for her faith. I think someone who's jaded could be like, well, why are we praying for her and not all of these people? And I think for me, it's that, well, we're praying for her because that's the story that came out, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but she can also serve as an avatar. So yeah, I'm praying for her because that's the face that I see. And yet I can kind of make my prayers also general to include other people in that situation. Right. And yeah, I think there's a lot of power in that. I recently had a thing where I felt a prayer burden for a friend's daughter that was going through a hard time. And I'd never met mm-hmm. this daughter, hadn't seen the friend in a long time. And the thing that she was struggling with was something that a lot of people struggle with. And so as I, I prayed for her and sent a written prayer to her mom, but I also prayed for her And then on behalf of all of the other people struggling with that. And I just Mm. felt like there was real breakthrough in that. Like I just felt like, and our prayer, we don't have to feel anything when we pray for God's power to go out. But there Mm -hmm. are times when we're praying that you just have this sense of the Holy Spirit. And I just felt like Mm -hmm. something is going on in in the heavenly realm because Mm -hmm. of this prayer burden that God had gave me. And at the time I was praying with other believers too um, in our praying Christian women community on our Take 10 Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we were just like corporately praying for this issue, this, but not just this issue, this person or these people. And Mm -hmm. it was just really you know, that I never thought of it that same way as praying, mm-hmm. not like the avatar example, but yeah, I, I yeah. think that's really powerful in. because mm-hmm. your emotions get engaged when you're praying for a person for sure. and mm-hmm. there's more at stake. And so, yeah, I definitely yeah. think that can help. And well, I think you're right to point out that we don't need to pray emotionally in order for our prayers to be effective. But again, right. it, it does add a nice level of passion and intensity. And so, you know, I think let's just put out there, like for me, this is like a couple times a month type of warfare prayer. You know, like this isn't every single day at my quiet time where, you know, this is bound to happen. It's not like you can snap your fingers and just turn on this um, engagement. But I also think it's something that can be practiced. You know, like I think some of us, wait passively for our emotions to engage. And to some degree, I think that we can. I don't know if control is the right word, but we can Invoke. spur ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we can we can motivate ourselves to pray with passion sometimes as well. And I think engaging our imagination or using these kind of avatar stand-ins or having a picture of your prayer answered. I think those can all be neat ways to just add that degree of momentum, motivation, things like that to your prayers. Yeah. Well, the other thing that really was a prayer burden this week, other than my friend's daughter was reading to prepare for an interview that we did together for your podcast. I read Torn Asunder, your book in the Whispers of Refuge series about North mm-hmm. Korean refu- uh, North Korean persecuted church. Yeah. Um, and I 
there was this one man that totally stood out to me and he was in prison and it was a mm-hmm. character, a fictional character in your book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said something like, you know, um, I want, I, all I want, I don't even care about freedom, but I w- would just mm-hmm. love to know that I am seen, that I'm, that someone on the Somebody outside knows where I am, knows mm-hmm. where I am, knows I'm a flesh and blood human yeah. and sees me. And I just, that broke my heart for him. And mm-hmm. even though he's not a real person, it's this imagination, you know, imaginative, right. but, but his sentiment is real. There are real people mm-hmm. with that sentiment who are in isolation right now, whether it's imprisonment, yeah. whether it's physical isolation, whether it's just, you know, being the only Christian that they know without being able to even yeah. share that. Mm-hmm. And so I really felt a prayer burden for him and just for the collective him. And right, think, right. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I love about most of your, all of your novels have Mm -hmm. a, have some thread of real life that, that really prompts prayer burdens, I think, for different topics or people. Well, thank you. And it's always really encouraging for me to hear, like sometimes readers will come to me like, this sounds bizarre, but I found myself praying for your character. And they're, they're almost apologetic. Like, am I, Maybe even it's like to the degree of idolatry, you know, like they're not praying to the character, but they're praying for something that they know isn't real. And again, I I picture that avatar, you know, Mm -hmm. no, I think Malchin is a character you're talking about is his name. And no, he does not exist so far as I know. But when you feel that kind of emotional tug, you can pray for him as a stand in for people who really are going through something like that. So, um, Go ahead. Well, and I think that could be, you know, I've heard, I know a lot of people have said this. I don't know who the first one was, but pay attention to the things that make you cry. And when you pay attention to the things that make you sad or cry, I think it could be even if you are reading a book, if you are watching a movie and something deeply touches you, like, you know, think of Mm -hmm. the last movie that made you cry. What was it? Yeah. And use that as a springboard for prayer and not, you know, and like your readers for them not to feel sheepish about like, I think I almost prayed for Kennedy Stern. (laughs) (laughs) She needs your prayers. She does. (laughs) (laughs) She goes through a lot. (laughs) She's been through a lot, but what is it about Kennedy? And then think, well, who could be going Mm -hmm. through this? You know, she experienced PTSD. So then you could think, Mm -hmm. you know what, I'm going to pray now for that using her imaginatively mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. an example of someone going through some really, you know, going through fictional experiences that are very real right. experiences for many, many people could be powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see what I do with my novels in so much the same thread as what we do here on the podcast, you know, and yeah. that's encouraging Christian women to deepen their prayer lives, you know, and mm-hmm. you can do that through fiction. And I think doing it through fiction, it just it engages your imagination, just like we're talking about in these ways. Um I'm trying to think of examples or, you know, going back to what you said, pay attention to the things that make you cry. It's really interesting to um, like pick your top three to five novels and then see what they all have in common. Hmm. And then that can reveal so much about yourself. That would be a really neat test. Yeah. That would be, that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. Like, do you have three off the top of your head, like three of your favorite novels? 
Or is that going to be too hard off the cuff? I know it's like, well, it's a little bit hard to narrow down. Well, I know we, just because I just read it, Torn Asunder that you wrote uh, about North well, Korean refugees. You. That is one of my favorites. I do love uh -huh. that one. Um, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird was one of my favorites. That would make my list too, for sure. Uh, I had a couple of Ernest Hemingway's books that I really liked. Um, like which? Like the... Uh, farewell to Arms and Grapes um, of Wrath. The Sun Also you. Rises. Okay. Uh, I did like The Grapes of Wrath. Is that Steinbeck? Yeah, that's uh, Steinbeck. I, I knew I got that. That's one on. on my. That is on my list too. But okay, like just I think of the you know I'm just thinking of some of the classics that are my favorites. But as far as other novels, just I I think yeah. But anyway, those are some of my. Mm -hmm. some of well, you know, it's really interesting. Um, between To Kill a Mockingbird and Torn Asunder. So for those of you who don't know, I just, I'm going to take a quick minute to plug. So I, what I'm doing is I'm taking some of my fiction audiobooks and syndicating them as a podcast. And so you can go and listen to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast and you get you know, as of now we have up to three full audiobooks on there. And Jamie and I did a recording just earlier today on Torn Asunder, which is the audiobook that just finished. But one of the things that you mentioned, I think it might have been the first quote that we talked about from Torn Asunder is don't judge someone who fails a test that you have yet to pass, mm -hmm. which is basically just another way of Atticus saying to Scout, don't judge someone until you've crawled into their skin and walked mm -hmm. around a little bit, yep. you know, so I could see that for sure as a thread. Or I think, you know, you and I are probably similar in like a lot of the books you mentioned have to do with, you know, oppressed people. Yeah. Oppressed people. Justice. And, yeah. you know, that comes into to my list of favorites as well. And I think for me, another thread I see is just like beauty in the midst of hardship. You know, like I don't love, in most cases, I don't do like just the light beach read type of books. I know. It's yeah. just, you know, like happy, cozy. And there's absolutely a place for those. But what I prefer more, and, and I also don't just do like dark, dystopian, depressing. Right. <laughs> you know, I like the ones kind of like, um, you know, Grapes of Wrath probably would fall on the more of the depressing side, but it, you know, it still has a slightly hopeful, albeit very, very weird end, <laughs> but yeah. you know, just the idea of, you know, like Les Mis is one of my favorite novels and it's this, yeah, there's lots of suffering, but there's also hope in there as well. So well, I think one other that came to mind, The Poisonwood Bible by Barbara King. I've read that one, but I've, yeah, I've heard of it. Oh, I, theologically, uh, the thing about it I love, I mean, theologically, some people might read it and be like, oh, I don't want to read this because this isn't like aligning with my, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of how missionaries are viewed or the church. Mm -hmm. But I love books that raise questions and make me right. think outside of my own, I don't know, like traditional like the box huh, of just the, they take you out of your comfort zone yeah and like a lot of your books do that that's what I love about pretty much mm -hmm. all of your books raise questions and a lot of them are open-ended yeah. questions to spur conversation right. without the tidy tie it up with a bow at the end and say well this mm -hmm. is how you should think you know and I, right. I do enjoy that because it gives room but anyway I'm, I'm getting anyway off on yeah. a tangent but no I think that as a way to engage your imagination you know, if you need a little, if your imagination's kind of rusty, I think that novels can be an amazing 
way to spurn that on. You know, reading novels set in other countries or about people of other religions or people going through things that you've never dreamed of going through. Mm -hmm. There's actually scientific studies that show that people who read fiction regularly are significantly more empathetic. And I think it's because mm-hmm. we do that thing, like they talk about in To Kill a Mockingbird, you crawl into someone's skin and walk around a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, there are some some things where, you know, like someone's going through something that you and I have never even dreamed of going through. Mm-hmm. And yet they're, they're writing to us as a podcast host, like, what do I do in this situation? Like, well, we don't know. <laughs> but I think being able to put yourself into the heart and mind of a fictional character and feel grace and compassion for what they're going through can actually help us do the same for individuals and in the end make us better at praying. I think that I know sometimes I hear from fiction readers who feel guilty because they like novels more than the Bible. And I don't think it needs to be quantified. Now, absolutely. You need to be in the word studying the word, but I, you know, God's not up there with a stopwatch saying, Jamie, well, I see you only read your Bible 17 minutes today. And yet you were reading To Kill a Mockingbird for 42 minutes. And therefore I think that you like Harper Lee three times more than you like me, you know, like it's not quantified. And I think that when we invest in fiction that does make us think or that raises up issues that we haven't thought through or that makes us feel compassion for, for groups that, you know, we, um, we're, we aren't part of, you know, marginalized groups. I don't know what it's like to be a refugee fleeing from a war-torn country, but I can read, you know, novels or memoirs, another really good, um, kind of reading another good type of genre to just expand your, your vicarious experiences Mm -hmm. so that you can pray for people more and just be a better, more compassionate individual. Yeah, definitely. Go novels. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the other thing that I want to say, you know, in response to people who are like, feel guilty for reading fiction I would not be able to understand the Bible as well as I do if I hadn't had some really, really good literature teachers hmm. in high school, you know, doing things like understanding symbology and subtext and, you know, all of those things that you learn from reading really good literature. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible is the inspired word of God and it is literature. And in order to fully understand the Bible, I think we need to be well-read individuals. I think so too. And, and, you know, just like anything, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God, whether it's reading the Bible, there's a time for Mm -hmm. all these different things. There's a time to do all these different things. So Mm -hmm. yeah, don't shy away from things that spark your imagination. Yeah. You know, you think about how many, how much of Jesus's teaching was through parables, right? I mean, I would say Mm -hmm. at least half it, it was through fictional stories, you know, a parable slightly different than a novel, but really, I mean, a novel is just kind of a longer version. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I sound like C.S. Lewis and the, the Chronicles Mm -hmm. of Narnia, those are like extended parables, kind of allegory. Yeah. Allegory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to like praying and engaging your imagination while you pray, do you have any personal examples of a time where you kind of prayed imaginatively like that, or you really felt like your imagination was engaged? 
trying to think. I know, um, I know that I have in our church in Arizona, we, the worship team would go through before, like after we practiced and before the worship started, we'd go through and sometimes we would pray over the chairs. Mm-hmm. And so I would sometimes imagine what people might be going through or like That's sometimes neat. if I'm in a crowd, like, or sitting somewhere and my mind wanders, like maybe church or maybe sitting mm-hmm. at the DMV or, you know, whatever, yeah. like I'll see someone and I'll wonder what yeah. their life is like or what they're going through mm-hmm. or what hardships they're experiencing. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I might even, you know, feel prompted to pray for that person and just yeah. speculate what they might need prayer for. So I, and you might be totally wrong, but I think it's absolutely. still a great exercise. I do that a lot. Like as an author, I, I do people watching and I do it similarly, but I just, you know, kind of wonder what their backstory might be. Like sometimes yeah. it's fun. My brother and I, when we were on car trips growing up, we would do this thing where whenever we passed a car, we'd look at the driver or the passenger and try to guess what their first name was. Like, that looks like a Bob. Yeah, you're right. That does look like a Bob. I like, you know, like that. Sometimes it's just, you know, fun. Like how much can you, can you glean about a person at a glance? And the truth is, you know, you're going to be right. Sometimes you're going to be totally wrong sometimes, but it's a fun exercise. And I think, yeah, you know, if you're just in a line at the store with nothing better to do, I think one thing that I'm trying to be more, um, mindful of is this idea of like, what would, like, how much difference in the world would I make if every time I came across somebody that I hadn't met, like the the first time I met somebody ever, or even just like a, a casual, like I'm coming in this door, they're coming out this door and I say, excuse me. Like if I bathe that person with a blessing and mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a 10 minute long drawn out prayer. I'm talking about just a heartfelt, God bless that person with your love. And then I go on with my day, you know, just how, how much love you would feel for the world. If that was always in your head as well, you know, like where your first instinct, whenever you came upon, upon a new person was, you know, to wish God's love upon them and God's blessing upon them. Um, so yeah, I'll try to do that. I, I, I'm not in a habit of it yet, but you know, like when I go to the gym and I'm in the sauna and two people are in the sauna and they're gabbing and it really bugs me because I love it when the sauna is quiet, but I, then I remember, you know, oh, I'm supposed to, when I, when I encounter somebody new, I'm supposed to like, just pray a blessing over them. Um, it, I think it can do amazing things in the spiritual realm. And I think it can also just help you have a happy day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, even if it didn't do anything spiritually, which it absolutely yeah. does, um, just what it's just a nice practice a for your better own. life you would have. I mean, because I, I mm-hmm. I've gotten into seasons of my life where I've um, gotten just this like I I had a, like a critical nature just rise up where I get irritated mm-hmm. with people easily mm-hmm. and I see mm-hmm. people and I'm like, oh, why could you? How could you do this? Mm-hmm. And I have to put myself in check. And that's a great episode. That's a great episode. That's a great episode. This idea. has been a great episode, Jamie. That's a great- <laughs> Pat on the back for us. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. What would I- that's a great- uh, Exercise. Exercise. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. That's a great exercise <laughs> to put into practice to mm-hmm. train yourself out of being yeah. just in that rut of just being grumpy and critical. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to what you and I were chatting about before in our interview about Torn Asunder for the Unabridged podcast about how like there were some people 
like a billion people or more who have never been prayed for. Yeah. That's and just staggering. what a strange and sobering thought that is like you and I have the blessing to be people who have been bathed in prayer, mm-hmm. you know, and yet there are some people who have never once had someone look at them and just say, God bless that individual, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think we could kind of drive ourselves crazy with guilt if we think about that too far. But instead of that, like, let's just, let's try to make the world a more prayerful place, you know, spread prayer, spread blessing. And, and like you said, it helps us in our kind of attitude and mindset as well, which I think is a, a really nice side benefit of being prayerful people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, any other uh, imaginative prayings you want to add? Oh, you know what I want to do? I want to point people back to our two episodes on prayer and movies because I think oh, this I is forgot another about. way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like Good this idea. is just kind of another way. So for example, we, we recorded this, man, almost a year ago because I remember Marvel's Endgame had recently come out. Um, and it's- ever since we did that recording, I've been more mindful when we're watching like if yes. I'm just sitting with the family watching a movie and like we watched the live action Lion King. Yeah. And you know, like the very opening scene, first of all, it's just, it's very beautiful, you know, cinema, beautiful cinematographically, cinematographically, you know, and that in itself could be an expression of worship, but this whole idea of like these animals worshiping this, you know, newborn baby cub, um, that's such a picture of the worship that, that we have for God and the fact that, yeah, he came as this little itty bitty cute baby. And <laughs> so there's so many parallels. I think anything that can engage us creatively, I think can help our prayer lives too. So sometimes what I'll do is like the other week, I just, I had like 45 minutes to kill at the library waiting for like to get from here to there. And I pulled down an art book from the shelf and I just started flipping through the pages till a painting caught my eye. And then I would just take like anywhere from one to three minutes, just praying about what I saw in that painting. So like maybe it was a picture of a girl reading a book. And so my very first go-to is, okay, I'm going to start by praying for anybody who right now at this moment is reading one of my books. And then I see in the background, there's a little cabin. And so that's going to remind me to pray for your poor dilapidated house and all of the horrible trauma it's gone through in the past 15 months, you know, and (laughs) no problem, you know, and then maybe they're in the other part of the the background is like a little lake in a canoe and that reminds me of our local Christian camp and so I pray for that you know like there's nothing magic about it but it's just it's kind of a nice break from praying just from a prayer list or something oh and I think that's just I think that's the takeaway for all of this is just Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to pray outside of the box and to be let your imagination help you to to cultivate a prayer life that's that's specific to how God made you if you're a creative mm-hmm. person and or mm-hmm. to get you out of the rut of just praying down a list and feeling like you're yeah. kind of stuck in words only without feeling behind mm-hmm. it. So and, and maybe even the, oh go ahead. Well I was just gonna say back to the the prayer lessons from movies. That's episode oh, yeah. sixty and sixty one. Yeah. So that if was you want to go back one. and look at those, those were great. Go ahead. Sorry. Um you know, even thinking about like your hobbies and the things that you're drawn to, anything like crafty or there are so many ways to incorporate prayer into those. 
Mm-hmm. So like I've gotten back into doing some jigsaw puzzles on the weekends every so often. And no, it's not like I'm sitting at the table doing a puzzle for 45 minutes and praying that whole time. But sometimes even just the act of like, oh, I found the piece I was looking for. Isn't it great that God puts the pieces of our lives together? You know, like things like that. Any, you know, so whatever, think about your own like hobbies, your own creative outlets or entertainment preferences and just see how you can make those a little more worshipful and prayerful. I received something. I ordered something through Amazon and got, Mm -hmm. um, it was from like another party distributor and there was a note inside of the box that the thing came in and it said, um, we've had, you know, our, our small company has had, a like there was an employee in their company, like the first year that it was open that would, um, at one of their staff meetings about a year later, it came out that she would, uh, say not pray, but it was like, she would say, uh, some kind of like, she would think good thoughts toward mm-hmm. them for their well being mm-hmm. and their happiness every time she packed a box. Aww. So they said that they've made that, uh, like company policy mm-hmm. to do that. And so yeah. I'm just thinking like about prayer shawls, you know, when yes. people make these prayer shawls, the mm-hmm. idea is that they're praying as they're making it. If you create things with crochet or knitting, you mm-hmm. could do that. If you, you know, packing your kids lunches, you can picture yeah. what their day is going to be like and what they're going to be doing as they're at mm-hmm. the lunch table, picture them, mm-hmm. vision, envision them at the lunch table and pray yeah. for them as they eat that food and just things like that. That just, yeah, came to my mind, but yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's neat. Well, like always, this has been a super fun discussion. If you guys want to listen to Torn Asunder, which is the novel we've been talking about, or some of my other Christian fiction novels, just search for the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is what it's called. And you can listen to those. You can hear my chat with Jamie about Torn Asunder, which we recorded earlier today, which was super fun. So, oh, we have an announcement about our coffee break episodes. Um, So for those of you who have listened to the show for a while, you know that we are doing coffee break episodes where we take some of the questions that you guys send us in about prayer. And the form that people can submit questions to was not working for a little bit. So it's up and going now. So if in the last couple weeks you did try to submit us a question and it wasn't working, we apologize. And it's now up at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. So that is an announcement that we wanted to make. And unless you had something else, Jamie, we're ready to leave you guys with our blessing and benediction. That's all I've got. Alrighty. May God bless you by making you strong and courageous. May fear and terror be far removed. And may all the spiritual forces that oppose you turn back in shame. May the Lord delight to grant you victory so that no weapon will prevail against you. May your soul rejoice in the victory he gives. And may you look in triumph over all powers of evil. And our benediction is the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him 
and change the world one prayer at a time.